Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful, the way to happiness. Written by Dr. Abdurrahman Shiha, 2011-1432. Translated by Abdurrahman Murad, edited by Abu Sulaiman Nadir Mahbub Keval. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Introduction. All praise is due to Allah alone. And may Allah exalt the mention of our Prophet and render him. His household and his companions safe from every evil. All praise is due to Allah alone. May Allah exalt the mention, the mention of our Prophet and render him, his household and his companions safe from every evil. You may find the key to your happiness by spending a few minutes reading through this booklet so don't jump the gun by holding preconceived notions until you completely read through it. You can't judge a book by its cover, nor would you have read a book by simply skimming through it. Dear reader, I think you will agree with me that we live in a beautiful world that is worthy of contemplation, the creatures that dwell within it, the intricate correlation of plants, heavenly bodies and galaxies that can be witnessed are proof enough. If there were no creator, everything would fall into chaos. God the exalted says, it is not possible for the sun to reach the moon, nor does the night overtake the day, but each in an orbit in swimming. Chapter 36, 40, uh, verse 40. These heavenly bodies will continue in their orbits until the Creator ordains that you are to stop at which point chaos would spread, marking the end of this life as we know it. These heavenly bodies will continue in their orbits until the Creator ordains that they are to stop, at which point chaos would spread, marking the end of this as we know it. God the Exalted says, When the sky breaks apart, and when the stars fall, scattering, and when the seas are erupted, and when the contents of graves are scattered, Exposed, i.e. exposed. Chapter 82, verses 1 to 4. When the sky breaks apart, and when the stars fall, scattering, and when the seas are erupted, and when the contents of graves are scattered, i.e. exposed. 82, verses 1 to 4. Before we continue, a question must be asked. What is the purpose behind the creation of all of this? Was it created futilely? How about the amazing human being about which God the exalted says, O mankind, what has deceived you concerning your Lord, the generous who created you, proportioned you, and balanced you? In whatever form he willed, has he assembled you? It comes with a little thought. Throughout the course of our lives, we do things, mostly with purpose and intention so that 
we benefit. Similarly, nothing God does is without a divine wisdom and purpose. He the exalted says, Then did you think that we created you uselessly and that to us you would not be returned? So exalted is Allah, the sovereign, the truth. There is no deity except him, Lord of the noble throne. Chapter 24, verses 115 and 116. The world around us and the heavens above us are ample enough to compel us to ask the logical question, who created and perfected all of this? The untamed human nature and same intellect will lead one to recognize his Lord as the supreme creator. God, the exalted, says, who remember Allah while standing or sitting or lying on their sides and give thought to the creation of the heavens and the earth, saying, our Lord, you did not create this aimlessly. Exalted are you above such a thing. Then protect us from the punishment of the fire. Chapter 3, verse 191. A footnote. The actual word used in the Quran is Rabb. There is no proper equivalent for Rabb in the English language. It means the creator, the fashioner, the provider, the one upon whom all creatures depend for their beings of subsistence and the one who gives life and causes death. The one who created this universe from nothing will bring it to an end and so that the eternal life may begin. Allah the Exalted says, the day when we will fold the heaven like the folding of a written sheet for the records. As we began the first creation, we will repeat it that is a promise binding upon that is a promise binding upon us indeed we will do it chapter 21 verse 104 you a human being will be subject to what the universe around us is subject to you will depart this life but there is a vast difference you shall be resurrected and held accountable for your deeds after which you will receive everlasting bliss or end up in an abyss of endless torment. Indeed, the one who created you from scratch can easily recreate you. Allah the Exalted says, and it is he who begins creation. Then he repeats it, and that is even easier for him. To him belongs the highest description, i.e. attribute, in the heavens and earth, and he is the exalted in might. The wise, chapter 30, verse 27. Some may think this uh, an, um, an improbability. Some may, some may think this is an improbability. But look around you. Look at desert wastelands that do not receive a single drop of water. Not a sign of life can be seen. But behold, when rain falls and the earth is quenched, when rain falls, and the earth is quenched, vegetation erupts forth, dismissing any wrong notions one might might have had that vegetation could not be sustained in that area. This is a sure sign that resurrection is inevitable. Allah the Exalted says, And of his signs is that you see the earth stilled, but when he sent but when we send down upon it rain, it quivers and grows. Indeed, 
He who has given it life is the giver of life to the dead. Indeed, he is over all things competent. 4139 Chapter 1 True Happiness Do you know what happiness is? It has been defined as an agreeable feeling or condition of the soul arising from good fortune of any kind that is built on firm belief. Do you know what's happening is? It has been defined as an agreeable feeling or condition of the soul arising from good fortune of any kind that is built on firm belief. Every person must have a goal they wish to attain. The more he is able to accomplish this goal, the greater his sense of happiness will be. Psychologists define happiness as a continuous feeling of enjoyment, satisfaction, generosity, and delight arising from contentment of one's self, life, and belief that they will have a blissful destiny. Psychologists define happiness as a continuous feeling of enjoyment, satisfaction, generosity, and delight arising from contentment of one's self, life, and belief that they will have a blissful destiny. Types of happiness. From this definition, we can categorize happiness into three categories. First category, false happiness, which lasts only for a short period of time. This form of happiness is the result of sudden good fortune. Uh, many believe that happiness can be attained through drug or substance abuse and on account of this consume drugs and liquor to avoid the problems of everyday life they believe they believe happiness is achieved initially by forgetting about the problems of life drug abuse gives one an illusion of happiness which quickly dissipates when the drug is discontinued plunging that individual into a state of complete misery this would then drive him to acquire more drugs and ultimately become captive to drugs and a helpless member of society. Furthermore, this individual would contract a number of psychological and physical diseases. Second category, happiness experienced when achieving goals. It is similar to the previous form of happiness in that it, it is short-lived, although it is less harmful than the previous form of happiness. When great efforts are exerted in attaining a goal and it is finally achieved, one would wonder what's next. The pain one would experience after the climax and initial, uh, and initial bout of happiness is somewhat similar to the pain experienced in the first category. In summary, this happiness is a short-lived experience which at best makes one happy for a short period of time. Third category, true happiness. This form of happiness will remain with an individual under all circumstances, through delight and anguish, through delight and anguish, poverty and prosperity, sickness and health, and whether or not one would attain of this world what they wish for or not. This happiness is the result of one's firm belief. Do you want true happiness? This question may seem odd. This question may seem odd, since the answer is obvious. I believe any sane individual would reply in the affirmative. So how can one achieve happiness? 
Every individual has their unique means through which they attain happiness. Some believe that happiness is attained by making money, while others see it in holding positions of power. It is sometimes seen through having many friends or having the power to influence others. If we were to ask anyone who has strived to achieve a goal, if they have actually attained true happiness, the answer would most often be in the negative. The reason is simple. True happiness is a continuous feeling of bliss and comfort. One will not be able to experience this even if they had an earth load of gold, as it has been said in an Arabic. As it has been said in uh, Arabic. Uh, proverb, sorry, as it has been said in an Arabic proverb, one may be able to purchase a bed, but certainly cannot purchase sleep. One may be able to purchase a bed, but certainly cannot purchase sleep. Many times one's faith will distance one from true happiness because it may require of a person to believe in the unbelievable or the illogical. The spiritual vacuum that leads one to misery cannot be removed unless the spiritual vacuum that leads one to misery cannot be removed unless one accepts the true faith which will contribute to his individuality and define for him a true goal in life. The spiritual vacuum that leads one to mis misery cannot be removed unless one accepts the true faith which will continue to his which will contribute to his individuality and define for him a true goal in life. Attaining true happiness is easy within one's with within anyone's reach, but the source from which it can be acquired may remain a puzzle to many. If one is truly searching for happiness, they should sacrifice whatever possible to attain it. If one is truly uh, searching for happiness, they should sacrifice whatever possible to attain it. What is meant is that one should be ready to make a change for the better. What is meant is that one should be ready to make a change for the better. True happiness can only be acquired by accepting Islam. Some may be skeptical as to what has just been mentioned, but it is the truth. Once a person accepts Islam wholeheartedly, and begins to apply it as it should, and upholds its commandments uh, per its two sources, the Qur'an and Sunnah, they will experience true happiness. Why is the question that will be asked by the vast majority? Before answering, an examination of definition of happiness is required. Psychologists state that uh, happiness is a continuous feeling of enjoyment, satisfaction, generosity, and delight arising from contentment of one's self, life, and ultimate destiny. As individual will achieve all of this through Islam. God Almighty says, indeed, the Muslim woman, the believing men and believing woman, the obedient men and obedient woman, the truthful men and the truthful woman, the patient men and the patient woman, the humble men and the humble woman, the fasting men and the fasting woman, the men who guard their private parts and the women who do so and the men who remember Allah often, and the women who do so. For them Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. 33.35 Satisfaction in, in life is also guaranteed by Almighty God. You are the best nation produced as an example for mankind. You enjoin what is right and forbid what is wrong and believe in Allah. If only the people of the scripture had believed, 
it would have been better for them. Among them are believers, but most of them are defiantly disobedient. 3. 110. Satisfaction is also promised to us by Almighty God in the next life. He says, Indeed, those who have believed and done righteous deeds, they will have the gardens of paradise as a lodging wherein they abide eternally. They will not desire from it any transfer. Chapter 22, verses 107 and 108. In essence, true happiness is the result of a number of factors and cannot be achieved except when one accepts faith that balances between the material and spiritual aspects of life. Worldly man-made systems, new age faiths and cults that are marketed to the masses and the most part are adopted as a reaction to Islam. All these systems have been rendered inappropriate and have no logical solutions to resolve the problems we face today. The accuracy of the statement is clear. One has to look only as far as the collapse of Soviet Union and the reigning capitalist systems that are on the brink of collapse. The reason that these systems have not succeeded is simple. They are built upon false doctrines and are based on opinions that are short-sighted. The popular Arabic parable, I remembered an issue and forgot many others. I remembered an issue and forgot many others, surely is applicable to these man-made systems. In the most part, a man-made system is used so that one can attain personal benefits and unfairly favor a people over others. A man-made system is used so that one can attain personal benefits and unfairly favor a people over others. From a glance, it promotes one of two extremes, individual over the community or community over the individual. What's worse than this is that many man-made spirit systems will favor the material aspect of life over the spiritual one. Islam, on the other hand, presents mankind with a perfect equilibrium. God the Exalted says, and thus we have made you a median. And thus we have made you a median, i.e. just. And thus we have made you a median society or community that you will be witnesses over the people and the messenger will be a witness over you. 2.143 Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, told his companion, uh, Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, O oh, Abdullah, I have been informed that you continuously fast throughout the days and perform prayers throughout the night. He said, Yes, I do that. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, Do not do that. Fast a day and do not fast the next. Perform prayers for a period of time during the night and then get some sleep, for indeed your body has a right over you, your eyes have a right over you, and your wife has a right over you. Bukhari. Materialists tend to disregard the soul and view life as nothing but a means through which they can satisfy their desires. They absolutely disregard the spiritual side of life. This is the common trend in the West for many have abandoned religion. The question should be asked, will this bring about happiness? Any logical sane individual will find the answer to this to be in the negative. If abandoning religion was the key to happiness, Affluent individuals such as Christ, uh, Christina Onassis, uh, such as Christina Onassis, 
wouldn't have committed suicide. She was a famous child of a billionaire who passed away and bequeathed her with great fortunes. She was asked by a person from the media while, while she was in France, are you the richest woman in the world? She said, yes, I am, but I'm also the unhappiest. Amazing. She had all the money in the world and still wasn't happy. The reason for this unhappiness was that she overlooked the spiritual aspect of life. This directly resulted in the illness of her soul, which is a common spiritual disease. The cure is quite simple and free of charge to believe in God Almighty and to accept the faith that He has approved for mankind. This spiritual disease, if let unattended, will have disastrous consequences, as can be seen in the story of Christina. In Scandinavia, a first world nation which is considered by some to be amongst the wealthiest of countries in the world, both on the individual basis and government level, one would think people would be living blissful lives. Strangely enough, it has the highest suicide rate in the world. Muslim countries, which are considered of the third world block, have such a slight percentage of suicides, and at times individual cases per year are very few. If uh, Phil Weiss, a British naval officer who participated in both world wars and embraced Islam in 1924 after he had read the Holy Quran and some books in Islam. If Philby said, the West is suffering from a vast spiritual void, which no principle or faith could fill to bring about happiness. Despite the affluence there, the so-called economic prosperity, besides the satisfaction of physical needs of people, the Western man still has a sense of worthlessness in his life. He wonders why he is living, where he is going, and why. But no one so far has given him a satisfactory response. Unfortunately, he has no idea that his remedy is in the right religion about which he knows nothing more than doubts. However, the beginning of a light has started to break through after a few groups of Westerners embraced Islam and Western men began to see men and women put uh, into uh, practice and live up to its teachings with his own eyes. Every day some people there embrace the true religion. It is just the beginning. The soul should be sufficed as should the body. If this is not completed, one will carry great worries, feelings of discontentment and unhappiness. The soul is sufficed with the true belief in the oneness of God and the belief that we that He will be that He will resurrect us and hold us accountable for what we do. One must also excel in doing the good and avoid the evil. God Almighty says, those who have believed and whose hearts are content by the remembrance of Allah, unquestionably by the remembrance of Allah, hearts are contented. 13.28 Contentment, happiness, and feelings of bliss are some of the great feelings of a Muslim experiences. The scholar Ibn Taymiyyah, may God have mercy on him, after being tortured, banished, and imprisoned, said, What can my enemies do to me? What can my enemies do to me? My paradise and orchard are in my heart, and they never part with me. If my captors imprison me, it is most certainly a religious retreat. If they will kill me, it is a martyrdom. And if they banish me from my land, it is like tourism.
These words are simply amazing. He was imprisoned and mistreated, and still this is what he said. A person true in his faith will be happy at all times. Islam will give a person a complete spiritual happiness and contentment regardless of their financial or social condition in life. A true Muslim is happy in all circumstances, whether sick or healthy, rich or poor, or in a state of security or chaos. God the Exalted says, when disaster strikes them, they say, indeed, we belong to Allah, and indeed to Him we will return. Those are the ones upon whom are blessings from their Lord and mercy, and it is those who are the rightly guided. The Messenger of God says, وسلم, Amazing indeed is the affair of the believer. Of the believer, all his affairs are ultimately good for him, and this is only for him, and this is only for the believer. When he is graced with a blessing, he would be thankful and grateful to God, and it would be uh, good for him. And when he is afflicted with a calamity, he would be patient and it would be good for him. Muslim. The teachings of Islam will most certainly cause you to forget your worries and will make you patient. It will move you from the sphere of discontentment to one of contentment. Here is something that one should be mindful of. Islam does not order its followers to become monks or to distance themselves from worldly pleasures. On the contrary, it requires of a believer to utilize whatever worldly possessions they have to acquire true happiness. Whoever has a position of power should use his power to spread the religion of God and to take care of the needs of his uh, fellow uh, brothers and sisters. God says, whoever intercedes for a good cause will have a share, i.e. reward therefrom. And whoever intercedes for an evil cause will have a portion, i.e. burden therefrom. And ever is Allah over all things a keeper. So whoever has wealth should use that wealth in the path of God and to help alleviate the problems of his fellow brothers and sisters. God says, and those within those and those whose wealth is a known right for the petitioner and the deprived. 70, 24, 25. The Prophet Sallallahu clarified what will happen with one's wealth. He said, the son of Adam will say, my wealth, my wealth. The son of Adam will say, my wealth, my wealth. It will be said, O oh, son of Adam, your wealth is none other than that which you consumed and turned to waste. O oh, son of Adam, your wealth is none other than that which you consumed and turned to waste. Or that which or that which you wore and wore it out or that which you gave in charity and kept it for yourself muslim footnote the word translated as religion is deen which in arabic commonly refers to a way of life which is both private and public it is an inclusive term meaning acts of worship political practice and a detailed code of a detailed code of conduct including hygiene or etiquette matters. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, is the example for all Muslims, and every Muslim tries hard to emulate him. Abu Dhar, one of the companions of the Prophet, said, I was walking with the Prophet وسلم, in Medina till we reached the Mount of uh, Uhud. The Prophet وسلم, said, O oh, Abu Dhar, I replied, Yes, Messenger of Allah. 
Yes, O Messenger of Allah. He said, If I had a mountain load of gold the size if I had a mountain load of gold the size of Mount Uhud, I would distribute it all within three days and would only take off it to pay off a debt. The Prophet then said, Those who are the richest in this world will be the poorest on the day of resurrection, except if they give out in the path of Allah, and indeed very few are they are they Bukhari. Chapter two Benefits of the Islamic way of life. The Islamic way of life is indeed one that will achieve for its followers through happiness on the condition that one follows its commandments and refrains from its prohibitions. One is not deprived of the commandments of Islam. On the contrary, it is a divine system of law given to us by the Creator of man. He knows best what will benefit us in this world. Let us view some of these commandments and see whether or not they are beneficial. 1. Usually, God Almighty says, all you who believe, all you who have believed, fear Allah and give up what remains due to you of interest if you should be believers. 2. Uh, 278. And aware, any aware individual, any aware individual will know that interest is a form of injustice through which the wealthy consume the wealth, consume the wealth of the less fortunate. In short, it is a disgusting form of greed that exploits the weaknesses of people from any more from an economical perspective it will limit the wealth in the in the hands of a few many non-muslims have spoken out against this system and have confirmed its flaws Two, unlawful sex whoever lives in western society will know full well the grave dangers that pertain to sexual freedom the dangers include diseases that have become widespread God the Exalted says, and do not approach unlawful sexual intercourse. Indeed, it is ever an immorality and is evil as a way. Chapter 17, verse 32. The Prophet ﷺ said, If unlawful sex becomes widespread among people, uh, diseases will spread amongst them that were not known in the previous generations. Ibn Majah. 3. Drinking liquor. The dangers of liquor have been affirmed by modern medicine. God Almighty says, O you who have believed indeed intoxicants, gambling, sacrificing on stone altars to other than Allah, and divining arrows are but defilement from the work of Satan, so avoid it that you may be successful. Satan only wants to cause between you animosity and hatred through intoxicants and gambling and to avert you from the remembrance of Allah and from prayer. So will you not desist? Chapter 4 verses 91 and 91. There are a number of medical reasons for the prohibition of the consumption of alcohol. Millions of people die every year as a result of it. A few of the alcohol-related illnesses are cirrhosis of liver, various forms of cancer, osphagitis, gastritis, pancreatitis, and hepatitis. Hepatitis, pancreatitis, gastritis, pancreatitis, and hepatitis. Cardiomyopathy, hypertension, angina, and heart attacks. Strokes, strokes, apoplexy, fits, and different types of paralysis. Peripheral neuropathy, cortical atrophy, cerebral atrophy, numerous endocrine disorders, anemia, jaundice, and palatalite abnormalities, recurrent chest infections, pneumonia, emphysema, and pulmonary tuberculosis.
during pregnancy alcohol consumption has a severe detrimental effect on the fetus for consuming the flesh of swine it has been affirmed by modern medicine that eating the flesh of swine is detrimental to one's health many diseases are spread especially if the pork has not been cooked properly god the exalted says prohibited to you are dead animals blood the flesh of swine and that which has been dedicated to other than allah and those animals killed by strangling or by a violent blow or by a headlong fall or by the goring of horns and those from which a wild animal has eaten except what you are able to slaughter before its death and those which are sacrificed on stone altars and prohibited is that you seek decision through divining arrows that is grave disobedience this day those who disbelieve have despaired of defeating your religion so fear them not but fear me this day i have perfected for you your religion and completed my favor upon you and have approved for you islam as a religion but whoever is forced by severe hunger with no inclination to sin then indeed allah is forgiving and merciful footnote don't be sira an american who will who while vacationing in mexico had a pork taco Uh, which caused a parasitic worm to become lodged in her brain. Doctors at Arizona's Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale believe the taco contained tania solium, a parasite that is often transmitted by eating undercooked pork. Professor Hans Heinrich Rickowitz or Rickowitz MD said the consumption of pork gradually chokes the connective tissue with mucus in addition it is so enriched with fats that someone whose diet consists of much pork outwardly soon resembles the animal he has eaten we all know the saying we are what we eat five castigatory laws god almighty says and there is for you illegal retribution saving of life or you people of understanding that you may become righteous chapter 2 verse 179 god almighty has most uh, certainly told the truth when castigatory punishments are implemented it would save people's lives and protect society at large and protect people's wealth and honor in order for any system to be successful there must be an influential power to support it people would freely go through red lights if no system were in a place to punish those who do so people would steal if no deterrent was present in short there must be an influential power supporting the system if no such power is present chaos will become widespread applying castigatory law is nothing new it is common amongst previous divine systems of law god the all wise says and we ordain for them there in a life for a life and eye for an eye a nose for a nose an ear for an ear a tooth for a tooth and for wounds is legal retribution but whoever gives up his right as charity it is an expiation for him and whoever does not judge by what allah has revealed then it is those who are the wrong doers i.e the unjust 445 the question arises of which form of castigatory punishment is more effective in alleviating crime in society Are the divine castigatory laws handed down by the creator of man above those found within man-made systems of law? Man-made laws give more priority to the oppressor than to the uh, oppressed. 
they can be easily interpreted and one can be saved from the punishment to come. No system of law in this age has proven to be as effective as Islam.